Good afternoon. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show. It's all things book and reading this hour on The Emily Rooney Show. We've got authors. We've got some book suggestions. And we're going to make it easy by listing them all on our website at wgbh.org slash Emily. So you don't have to turn away right now and start writing. And if you've got a suggestion for a good read this summer, send us a tweet at Emily Rooney Show or log on to our Facebook page. We'll get as many suggestions as possible out there today. It's going to be the whole segment. We've got a couple of surprise uh, authors calling in who are going to make their own recommendations, but I'm joined here in the studio by Elin Hildebrand. She's author of, or is it Ellen? I'm sorry. Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. I know. I'm looking at it's <laughs> Ellen Hildebrand. I knew that. Author of Barefoot Nantucket Nights and more. She's also known as the queen of the beach novel. She lives on Nantucket. And Jocelyn Kelly, owner of Kelly and Hall, a book publicity firm. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get right to it. Let's start with Ellen. Let's start with fiction. Okay. My list includes The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, which, if nobody has read, is a first novel. Um, absolutely fantastical. It is um, amazing. You've, have you read it, Jocelyn? I've read it, actually. She, and she wrote that with National Novel Writing Month. That was what prompted her to even write the that Night novel. Circus. The All Night right. Circus. It's excellent. It's an uh, unbelievable novel. Anybody who has not read it, I believe it is What's out What's it about, back. R- roughly? Um, it's about a, it's about a night circus. It's about a circus that travels around the country and actually around the world, and it comes out only at night. And in this <laughs> circus are things that are just not to be believed. They have uh, uh, ice rooms and and everything about contortionist. But it's 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 t- it's taking a regular circus to an unbelievably you know, fantastical level and all these magical things happen. And I am not a mystical, magical person. No. I have not even read So Harry it's Potter. kind of a magical. And there's also a love story that goes A magic carpet too. ride, as I call it. It is. Yeah. It is. And I've I'll... never gotten into those kind of genres. Me either. Okay. Me either. Right. I, did, I have not even read Harry Potter. But no, this was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> all right. I loved it. The Night Circus. All right. Let's see, Jocelyn. I have uh, The Age of Miracles by Karen Thompson Walker. This actually is a debut novel. It's being compared to The Lovely Bones for the young narrator's voice. I loved this book. The writing is gorgeous. It reads like poetry. Uh, But the premise of the book is the world's rotation is slowing down. So what would happen if the Earth stopped spinning? And oh, it wow. some of it, us would get very cold, and others <laughs> of us would get very hot. It's really interesting, though. It talks about how days and nights become interchangeable, yeah. and the you know trees and environments start changing. It's it's beautiful, beautiful book. All right, we want your suggestions out there today to anything new, old, pulpy, campy, profound. You know, as we call it, um, guilty pleasures. Anything. <laughs> Give us a call at eight seven seven three zero one eighty nine seventy eight seven seven three zero one eighty nine seventy. And as I said earlier, all of these books are going to be posted. Hopefully, as we go, they're going to. We're, we're writing the list down, but um, they will be there by the show, time the show is over at one o'clock at wgbh.org/slash/emily, including a couple of recommendations of my own. But we're going to continue now with uh, Ellen's books. Let's keep going in categories. So you've got more fiction here. Keep going in fiction. Yes, my second book that I'm listing is called Arcadia by Lauren Groff, and it's about a young boy who's raised in a um, in a in a platonic sort of um, camp in the in upstate New York where they grow their own food and they have their own sort of cult going on and he grows up there and, and it's absolutely fascinating. I loved it. Arcadia. All right. Arcadia. What do you got, Justin? All right. I have The Chaperone by Laura Moriarty. It's already been picked as USA Today's number one hot summer pick and it's 
it's a book about 1920s New York, and it's a fictitious telling of the story of Louise Brooks, who is that woman who's the famous silent film actress who's famous for the black bob, the severe bob. Oh, and it's yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about when she went to New York City as a 15-year-old to go to dance school. And the story really centers on the 35-year-old, she was considered matronly, uh, woman who chaperoned her there. And it's... Uh, the New York Times called it a feminist awakening story. So it's really a beautiful story. And just to experience New York in the 20s is is worth reading it alone. Hmm. All right. What else? Sounds Alan? fabulous. Matronly at 35. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have on your fiction list, Ellen? Um, number three and number four go together. These are books that um, came out in hardback. Uh, this fall, and I read them both and absolutely devoured them. And now that they're out in paperback, um, perfect for the beach. The Art of Fielding by Char- Chad Harbach, first novel. It's about baseball. You're saying to yourself, oh, I don't know if I want to read. And I'm, I'm a woman. I don't know if I want to read a novel about baseball. It is also an incredible sort of weaving of love stories that set at a college um, and it, it's so it's a university story and it's a baseball story. It's a friendship story. Um, there's all kinds of interesting relationships in this book. I absolutely loved it. Uh, next is The Forgotten Waltz by Anne Enright. Anne Enright is an Irish writer. She won the um, Booker for The Gathering. And oh, yeah. this is a novel about uh, basically a woman who has an affair. And it is told so differently and so beautifully. And the writing, her writing is absolutely exquisite, which you would imagine um, as she's won the Booker. So I got to are- keep going with you because... You have kind of a surprise one as your last one on the fiction list. Here. I do, which is The Great Gatsby. And I, I pick it because I always have on my summer list, always have a classic. Um, and so I really wanted to pick The Great Gatsby because it's coming out as a movie, I believe. It's also short. Isn't it a short novel? It is short. Um, it's easy to Some read. Of these classics are, can be daunting, but this one is. They can be. This is short. It's coming out as a movie. I suggest everybody read it first before it comes out with Leonardo DiCaprio or what have you. Um, it is a great it is a great cautionary tale, um, and I've read it three times at different periods in my life, and I think at each period in your life it means something different to you. Mm. I'm going to wait for the movie. No. Jocelyn, <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have on your fiction? I have Wife 22 by Melanie Gideon, mm. and this is a great story because it really explores modern technology today and how it applies to relationships. Um, it's told through Facebook messages, text messages, emails, but it's essentially about a woman who takes an anonymous marriage survey, and she becomes wife 22. And through the survey, she starts discovering things about herself, opening up in ways she never had before, and becoming close to the person who is her her researcher, the person who's interviewing her through these questions, because, you know, it's sort of that opening up to someone is an aphrodisiac, they say. So, mm. And I've read it also. It's fantastic. All right. Wife 22. Sounds good. All right. We are opening up the phone lines today, taking your calls. We're getting recommendations for summer reading, new, old, pulpy, campy, profound. Give us a call at 877-301-8970. And I said all these books will be posted on our website at wgbh.org slash Emily. So you can go and scroll through and get all of our – and even the ones that people call in and recommend. We'll make sure those are posted as well. And as I promised, we have a couple of surprise special guests call in. Right now I've got Steve Allman on the line, author of God Bless America and Rock and Roll Your Save Your Life. And he's also a regular contributor here on The Emily Rooney Show. Welcome, Steve. Hey, Emily. How are you doing? I can always count on you for something. What do you got? Uh, there's a great novel that's just come out by a wonderful writer named Jess Walter. It's called Beautiful Ruins. And it is I would describe it as this sort of perfect combination of a psychologically complex interior novel, and it, which I know sends you running for the door. It's, I, I looked and, it up. You know me. I always look I up know. anything that you uh, recommend. <laughs> 
but it's 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 got that psychological interiority and depth of character. But it's a total beach read. I could not put it down. The plot is way too complicated to describe, but it involves uh, the intersection of modern day Hollywood, you know, pitch meetings and venality, and um, the, the film Cleopatra that was filmed, you know, in, in back in the '60s with. Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor falling in love and breaking up Elizabeth Taylor's marriage, and that's sort of the backdrop. And Richard Burton makes a cameo with these sort of spouting these drunken profundities. And somehow, Jess Walter is able to um, inhabit the voices of all these different characters as they're colliding across the decades. And there's this beautiful uh, love story at the center of it. And you're continually surprised by the ways in which the plot turns. I was reading it just thinking, how in God's name did this guy manage to write mm. this thing? Well, uh, is it so also, is there uh, also is a, a magical yeah, part to it? Uh, yeah, is it, this apparition that appears, or is it also kind of a mystical, magical? It doesn't have, I mean, it, no, it, I don't think it, it's not a magical, it's not magical realism, but he's somehow able to weave this plot that has the feeling of, like, how could this possibly, how could all these characters, how could he have plotted this so intricately that mm-hmm. all these characters um, sort of hit up against one another? Like, he must have had some very complicated scheme that, when you read it, feels completely effortless. So you're continually arriving at these points where you're sort of astonished, but then at the same time you're saying, well, of course that's what's happened. Of course this character's going to marry that character or going to betray this other character. So it's just this unbelievably inventive story with lots of sort of Hollywood sheen to it, but real depth. And he writes it in a way that's so innovative. One of the chapters is a Hollywood pitch for a movie about the Donner Party. Uh, you know, it's yes, it passed <laughs> into trying to get to California yeah, and ended up having to resort to campus. And you're thinking, this is just going to be a disaster, but it's such a moving portrait of that. Uh, yeah, it just It's such an inventive book. I really, uh, Jess is also apparently going to be reading next week in town at the Brookline Booksmith. So if people want to go hear a humdinger of a reading, I think he's going to be there on Thursday uh, hey. there in Brookline. Hey, Steve, while I have you, I'm going to mention one of my uh, picks for the summer, which is um, published by Smith Magazine. It's called The Moment. The editor is editor Larry Smith, and it's 125 stories from famous writers like yourself to the obscure to the fairly well-known. And it's you know short stories from 400 to 1,500 words each, um, and people were asked to describe a moment in their lives that sort of defined them or changed them or moved them. And you have a great piece in there, but I really enjoyed this book. In fact, I, uh, I'm going to have an, uh, an interview with um, uh, editor Larry Smith next week, but I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a great summer book just because it's short stories. You can move around. You can pick and choose which ones you want to read. And I love your story about uh, the, a moment which involved getting a letter in the mail from John Updike. Yes. I had figured at first that that was you, Emily Rooney, playing a prank on me, uh, or some, somebody who I knew pranking me by putting this beautiful little letter in a beautiful old-fashioned envelope with ha-ha-ha, J. Updike, yeah. and a return address in Beverly Farms, Massachusetts. But it turns out all of my friends are too lazy to do I know, I like that. Prank. They're not going to drive up to Beverly Farms. No, no, no way, no way. It was actually Updike. And, I mean, the generosity of that gesture, he was just writing me a nice note about it piece he'd seen in the magazine was it took me 10 years to recognize how incredibly ridiculously generous uh, of spirit that gesture was so it was really transformative for me all right well steve almond thanks for calling in with that recommendation beautiful ruins by jess walter appreciate that absolutely
And I was just talking about uh, Larry Smith and the moment that, by the way, they're going to be at the Brookline Booksmith tonight at 7 o'clock reading excerpts of their book. I'm joined here in the studio by Ellen Hildebrand. She's the author of Barefoot Nantucket Nights and more, and Jocelyn Kelly, owner of Kelly and Hall. And Kelly, I think you had one more on your fiction list before we move on. I did. I had The Unfinished Work of Elizabeth D. by Nicole Bernier. She's a local author, and the story is a woman who has been left a trunk full of journals of her best friend who has passed away. And it's about discovering who her friend was and also discovering who she is along the way, sort of questioning things about herself and what she knew and what she believed to be true. I love anything told through letters or journals. I think it's a great way to tell a story and really express a voice. So beautiful book. All right. Sounds good. And as I said, all of these books will be posted on our website at wgbh.org slash Emily. You can also send us a tweet at Emily Rooney Show or send us a, an email or log on to our Facebook page. We just got uh, a suggestion from Elizabeth from Arlington who suggests Birth 2012 and Beyond by Barbara Max Hubbard, new age book about entering the age of conscious evolution. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to do a little little uh, studying up on that one first. All right. We're taking your phone calls at 877-301-8970, 877-301-8970. Give us your recommendations for summer reading. It can cover any genre of book. And we've got Tom from Lynn on the line. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yep. Uh, the I recommend is was W A S and it's by Jeff Ryman, and it's a interesting uh, fictitious tale about uh, perhaps the life of a young uh, Dorothy Gale and intersects with the life or fictitious life of uh, Judy Garland growing up, and it mixes in the story of an actor who's uh, researching the role of the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz as he's also dying of uh, AIDS. So it's wow. a really in- intersection of three different stories that sort of revolve loosely around The Wizard of Oz. Wow, that sounds complicated, but interesting. All right, Tom, thanks so much for that suggestion. All right, we're going to take a short break, but we want to hear more from you out there. Give us a phone call at 877-301-8970. We were talking books, recommending summer reading, novels, nonfiction, whatever you would like to recommend, uh, guilty pleasures, young adult. We want to hear from it, from you, I should say. Give us a call, 877-301-8970. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show from 89.7 WGBH, Boston Public Radio. WGBH programs exist because of you. And the Boston Speakers Series, seven evenings at Symphony Hall with a lineup of speakers that includes two former presidents, a New York Times bestselling author, a miracle survival story, and much more. BostonSpeakersSeries.org. And Elsa Dorfman, Cambridge portrait photographer, still clicking with the jumbo format Polaroid 20x24 analog camera and original Polaroid film. Online at ElsaDorfman.com. That's ElsaDorfman.com. And from members of the Ralph Lowell Society, these most generous annual contributors lead the way in sustaining WGBH as a public media resource, available and free to all. WGBH.org slash Ralph Lowell. Next time on The World, groping in Tahrir Square. Egyptian women no longer feel safe protesting alongside men. These aren't men here to protect us. These are men that are probably going to assault us. Violent attacks against female protesters appear to be on the rise. For this to happen, that means the revolution is dying. We can't let this happen here. Our report from Tahrir Square, next time on The World. Coming up at 3 o'clock here at 89.7 WGBH.
the WGBH June Community Campaign is over. Yahoo! And you're responsible for all of its success. For other ways to support your community through WGBH, visit wgbh.org slash volunteer. And thanks. MIT's 100K Entrepreneurship Competition has generated billions in profit in its 23-year history. Hear what ideas this year's competitors came up with on Innovation Hub, Saturday morning at 7 here on WGBH Radio. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show. We are talking summer reading all this hour. We're taking your calls at 877-301-8970, looking for recommendations for summer reading. I'm joined here in the studio by Ellen Hildebrand, author of Barefoot, Nantucket Nights, and more. She's also known as the queen of the beach novel. She lives on Nantucket. And Jocelyn Kelly, owner of Kelly & Hall, a book publicity firm. What makes a good summer book, do you think, Ellen, as opposed to a regular book? Well, I like something that's not terribly taxing myself. Um, Something that's not written in code. In the in the and in in the fall, I can I can get into things that are a little bit bigger. I like um, things that are gripping, engrossing, entertaining, turning the pages. For me, that's a beach read. Got it. And I say anything by Ellen is a great. (laughs) Oh, really? So there you go. That's a good one. Welcome. All right, we were going to move on to um, let's see, nonfiction here. Ellen, you want to start with one? I I do, and I'm going to start. I'm going to go a little bit out of order. I want to start with Island Practice by Pam Bellick, just because this is a book that is very dear to me. Um, It's about um, it's a nonfiction book about a man named Dr. Tim Lepre, who is the doctor on Nantucket, and um, it tells a fascinating story of his journey on Nantucket. We've had. All kinds of interesting things happen. Um, it talks about Lyme disease. I was going to say Lyme disease. Lyme <laughs> disease is his primary interest. But, you know, we had the, the man that lived underground, Underground Tom. He had all these dwellings that he created where he lived underground. Yep, it talks yep. all about that. Oh and then the most poignant chapter, of course, is called The Lost. And it talks about the um, five, woman? the five teenage suicides yeah, yeah. that happened on oh. Nantucket between 2007 and 2009. And it absolutely gripping book about the different side of Nantucket that I really don't write about, which is the stuff that actually happens and the interesting characters that live there and the things that he's seen as a doctor. It is absolutely fantastic. That's that's something I would like. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jocelyn, what have you got? Well, I have to say Wild by Cheryl Strayed. That is the newest Oprah book club pick because Oprah, yeah, she relaunched her her book club. So now it's Oprah 2.0. And she relaunched it with Wild, and it this truly deserved to be. If she was going to make a comeback with a book for her book club, this is an excellent pick. Cheryl actually hiked the Pacific Crest Trail by herself, and it's a an eleven hundred mile solo hike. And she did it right after her mother had passed Ugh. away. She had gotten a divorce from her husband, and it was a good relationship, but she just wasn't happy. And the the journey is unbelievably heartbreaking and beautiful and inspiring, and it's just a a gorgeous book. Wow. Wild. How Excellent. long did it take her to do that? Um, oh, I think like three months. Wow. That's yeah. pretty fast for 1100 She's months. a novelist. Also, she wrote a book called Torch, which I loved, yes. which is about a woman whose mother dies. So. Yeah. And she actually is also – she was the anonymous advice columnist for The Rumpus, I believe, was really? the website. And she is releasing all of her – she's now come out as the, as the columnist. <laughs> all right. No longer anonymous. Taking your recommendations, 877-301-8970, 877-301-8970 for all things summer-related reading. We've got Lauren from Newton on the phone. Hi. How are you? Good. Um, I have a historical fiction young adult novel to recommend. 
Uh, it's called Codename Verity. There is this Y, E-I-N. I just spent on uh, the Boston Globe Hornbook Awards, and we decided to give this an honor award for fiction. And it's written from the point of view of a young woman, a very, very strong, witty, intelligent young woman who's been captured by the Nazis during World War II, where she was working undercover. And um, what is um, her confession, as it were, um, through that she writes about how she came to this point and her very close friendship with another young woman from England who was um, an airplane pilot um, at a time when there were very few women pilots. And it's just a fascinating story of the two of them, how they came to this point. Uh, you know, it's kind of a spy novel. It's great historical fiction, and it's a really, really exciting, great read. All right. Lauren, thank you for that recommendation. Thanks. Codename Verity by Elizabeth Wine, W-E-I-N. All right, thanks for that one. I like historical fiction myself. All right, um, what line did you say? Three. <laughs> we got Eric from Boston on line three. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, I was going to recommend uh, Mr. Peanut by Adam Ross. It's a novel about um, the... It begins with the murder of a woman, and it's sort of a mystery... Uh, about the husband and trying to figure out whether he did kill his wife and if he did, why. And it goes, sort of digs deep into their relationship and, and it's very quirky and very, very powerful, um, but extremely funny. And uh, I could not put it down. I was on a cruise and uh, and just couldn't put it down. So I think it's a great summer read and, and uh, but, but really compelling writing um, and, and characters. So. All right, that sounds good. Eric, we've got kind of a shaky line here from you, but I can oh, also see you've also recommended The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. Another favorite classic. I did because I, I started reading it, and uh, I was really surprised at how funny it was. Yeah, I'd never yeah. read Hemingway before, and I just was laughing at uh-huh. and thought that a lot of readers would probably be as surprised as I was. Yeah. All and right, much- that's a good one. All right, thanks, Eric. Thanks for the phone call. They drink all the time in that book. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. about it. <laughs> Joined here in the studio by Ellen Hildebrand and Jocelyn Kelly, and they've got all kinds of lists here. We've been going through them. And as I said earlier, these are all going to be posted on our um, on our website at wgbh.org slash MLA. We also got a Twitter recommendation, Reading Drift by Rachel Maddow. Everybody knows Rachel Maddow. Martha Howell from Twitter recommended that. I haven't read any of Rachel Maddow's stuff. I, I like her, but I uh, haven't, haven't read her. So let's continue with um, some of your nonfiction. Uh, Ellen, you want to keep going? Uh, yes. Townie by Andre Debuse III. Um this is a, a novel. It's a memoir. I'm sorry about Andre yeah, Debus growing I've read up. Read that one, yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot of bar fights. And, yes. But the most interesting thing to me about that book is that anybody who's a fan of Andre Debus, the father, which I yes, absolutely yes. am, I think he's one of the most genius writers out there. The interesting relationship between father and son, and more interesting between writer and writer, yeah. and what it's like to be the son of somebody that is so revered. Now, Andre Debus. The father probably wasn't as commercially successful as his son, but um, for me, will always probably didn't have his charm. You never know. It was fascinating. I, the way I, they interacted. I describe that book as unrelenting. Unrelenting. <laughs> the bar unrelenting. fights. I kept thinking, is this ever going to end? Oh, from the opening chapter um, through. But yeah. I think it was for people who are fans of Andre Debus, the yes. father, I definitely yeah, recommend excellent it. Book, and Tony. perfect time for Father's Day. Absolutely. Father's right. Day around the corner. Yep. Good. You got good a non fiction? I have a non fiction. I have The Mansion of Happiness, A History of Life and Death. Uh, definitely not a beach book, but a great book to read this summer because you can just pick it up at different points. It's an exploration to all different aspects of life. And actually, the title comes from Milton Bradley's board game, Life, was originally called The Mansion of Happiness. And it's funny, the original board game was more about 
good versus evil and being good. And the what has evolved into is finance and money that is success. So that's sort of the lo- along the lines of how the book takes it. All right. We are taking your phone calls at 877-301-8970. But we have a couple of people planted out there in the audience that are calling us today. We've got Donna Eden-Cohen uh, calling from Chicago. She has... She's part of the Great Fenway Park Writers Series, and of course, uh, the Red Sox are out in Chicago this weekend to take on the the lowly Chicago Cubs. We should talk, right? We're pretty low ourselves. Welcome, Donna. Hi, how are you? We're good. How are you? I'm great. So I take it you've got something from your Great Fenway Park Writers Series to recommend, and we want to hear it. I do. I'm choosing to uh, recommend Bottom of the 33rd, which is by Dan Barry. It's a book about the baseball's longest game, which took place, well, actually it started in April um, 1981 at McCoy Stadium between the Pawtucket Red Sox and the Rochester Red Wings. It lasted through the night and into the next morning, which was Easter, paused (laughs) only after 32 innings because of a clerical error in the rules, and it finished a month later. But the reason I recommend it not only do I love baseball and, and um, Fenway Park, but it reminds me of what baseball is and what it should be. It's commitment. It's loyalty. It's perseverance. It's love of the game. It's about the players and how in the minor leagues they persevere and they, they just hang in for the longest period of time. And it reminds me of my own family experiences at Fenway Park. I'm mm. a fourth-generation uh, still sitting in the same seats as when I went to Fenway Park when I was five years old in my blue and green plaid suit, and <laughs> saying, take me out to the ball game with my grandfather, and I now take my children. And so I'm excited to be in Chicago because we are playing the Cubs, and we are uh, engaged in a panel with Rico Petroselli and Larry Lucchino and and Joe Castiglione, and it's an appropriate place to be to discuss all of our memories of Fenway because Wrigley Field is the oldest. Yes, you do it right on Wrigley Field. Yep, National League Park, and Fenway is now celebrating its 100th, so we're all really excited to be talking about Fenway in Chicago. Is is Theo going to be there? (laughs) Well, apparently yes, according to the news reports, loudly. All right. All right. Well, good luck with that, Donna. Thanks for calling in. The Great Fenway Park Writer Series, and I said earlier, we will have all of these books posted on our website at wgbh.org slash Emily, wgbh.org slash Emily. We're taking your phone calls at 877-301-8970, 877-301-8970. We've got Peter from Yarmouth. Hi, Emily. Hi. Oh, thank you for taking my call. I have a recommendation that might not fit the bill for light summer reading, but it is gripping. It's a biography of Malcolm X by Manning Marable, just recently published. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I read about that. It's an amazing book. It's uh, uh, Manning Marable actually uh, passed away shortly after he completed this. He was at Columbia University and uh, Ohio State before that, uh, a meticulous historian, and he gives quite the backstory of Malcolm's reinvention again and again and again over several decades. And it's, uh, it's an interesting touchstone for, for political and cultural history of African-American communities, first in the United States and then towards the end in uh, Africa as well. 
All right, Peter, thanks for the recommendation. Manny Marvel's sure. biography of Malcolm X. Yeah, I've, I've actually read quite a bit about that, and it's, it's some anniversary. I should remember which one it is, but it's Malcolm X's house is right here in Boston, and they are uh, redoing it. They are trying to raise $750,000, I think it is, to um, make over the house. I'm joined here in the studio by Ellen Hildebrand and Jocelyn Kelly, and we are winding our way through a list of recommendations of fiction, nonfiction, guilty pleasures, young adult. Um, let's see, we were still in our nonfiction category, and Jocelyn, what have you got? I have Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking, which is an interesting title to pick when you're on the radio, but, um, <laughs> you know, Susan Cain wrote it. It's brilliant. It's sort of um, talking about how, you know, people who are the loudest and the most brash aren't necessarily the most powerful and how a lot of extraordinary people were introverts. And it doesn't mean you're incredibly shy. It just means you prefer solitude. And that's where you find your inspiration and your creativity. And, you know, J.K. Rowling was a was an introvert. Einstein was an introvert. So it's just a great, great exploration mm-hmm. into, you know, not talking. All right. All these books are going to be posted <laughs> on our website at wgbh.org slash Emily. Continuing with nonfiction, Ellen I have Mrs. Nixon by Ann Beatty. Now, I'm stretching really? the category here. Um, it's called – I think it, it's, its subtitle is A Novelist Imagines a Life. And what it is is Ann Beatty is, of course, a you know, very famous novelist and mostly short story writer. Um, she, worked, she teaches at the University of Virginia. She's one of my favorites from my 20s. And so I was really excited to see this book because I was thinking American Wife – um, by Curtis Sittenfeld, I thought it was going to be an imagined novel about Mrs. Nixon. It ends up being something completely else, which is um, a little bit, a, a lot, a lot of history about Nixon, a lot of suppositions about what Mrs. Pat Nixon's life would have been like. But a lot of it is also about a writer and what a writer does when they're trying to take a real life and put it on paper. And it's a lot of talking about other short stories and other novels and Tolstoy. And she brings in a lot of – it's a very, very unusual book. But using book. Pat Nixon's name. That's a yes, like, she like that uses, I was Amelia Earhart kind it, of thing. It, 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 it's just – I really – I'm recommending it because I want someone else to read it so we can talk about it because I, <laughs> I just found it you know, interesting and baffling and, and, and really taking the novel form and doing something different huh. with it. But she talks about Raymond Carver stories. And so I really enjoyed it for – You put it in nonfiction though. <laughs> I did. I did because I really – what I enjoyed about it was it, it's sort of a literature class yeah. in this book under the guise of sort of being about Pat Nixon. All right. We're taking your phone calls, 877-301-8970, all things summer book-related. And we've got Christine from Tallinn, Connecticut. Welcome, Christine. Hello, Emily. Hi. Um, I would like to recommend Sin, S-I-N, by uh, Josephine Hart. Um, it's a novel a lot like The Great Gatsby because it's about adultery mm. and, the, and some catastrophes that follow. It's short. It's fascinating. You won't be able to put it down, and you can read it in one day or one night. That's the kind of that that sounds that sort of fits our definition of summer reading, doesn't it, Ellen? All right, it does. thanks, Christine, for that recommendation. Sin by Thank Josephine you, Hart, and as we said, all these books will be on our website wgbh.org/emily, and we're going to have them all posted sometime this afternoon, including the ones that our viewers have recommended. All right, we need to keep moving though. What else? Other categories do we have here? I mean, one of my favorite categories, of course, is guilty. Ple- uh, you know what? Before we move, I'm just going to recommend one in the um, nonfiction category. I had Buzz Bissinger, who's the author of Friday Night Lights on, a couple weeks ago. And he came with a book that I never would have read. I mean, let's just put it up front like that. I never would have read that. Uh, he had uh, identical twins born 28 years ago, three minutes apart. The second one was born with a severe mental disability. What? 
son about two years ago, he drove across the country with the son that's mentally disabled. It is a riveting, I'll tell you, it is nonfiction because it is out there. It's raw and it's it's funny and heartbreaking. And if anybody has ever imagined or dared to not imagine what it's like to have to live with somebody who's, you know, mentally disabled, I mean, this guy gets to the heart of it. You know, the frustration, the joys, and some of the you know the simplicity of his way of thinking, but the frustration that he can't be like the twin bro- brother. And it was just so fantastically written. You're and he's nodding. a genius yeah, anyway. He he's summer. I know Buzzy Summers on Nantucket, but his writing is fantastic. I, I really, really, and I said I've recommended it to a couple of people, and they all roll their eyes. But it's I have to say it's it goes beyond just the story mm-hmm. of the it, of the mentally disabled son because it, it it weaves all these stories about what it's like to interact with somebody who sees the world so differently. All right, we are continuing here. We're going to go to guilty pleasures, and uh, let's see. Jocelyn, you have one that I caught my eye from the New York Times last week, and I wrote it down. I said, I'm going to get that one. I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> well, it's Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. And Gillian Flynn, this is her third book, and she is she is great at writing about the dark. I put it as a guilty pleasure because it's a mystery, and I think mysteries are just – they fly through your hands. You know, you cannot read them fast enough. Um but I think this book, it's about a woman who disappears, essentially. But it's, you know, is it the husband who did it? What's going on? What's the backstory of their marriage? So it also explores her relationship with her parents, her relationship with her husband. He's sort of an egotistical, controlling man. Uh, but is he a killer? And it's, I don't want to even say too much no. because it's just a fantastic read. I was so happy reading the review in the New York Times. They, d- they didn't give away any more than that. No. But they gave it like five and a half stars or whatever it was. So definitely got to pick that one up. Gone Girl by uh, Gillian Flynn. And we're going to put um, uh, Ellen's guilty pleasure on hold for just one second. We're going to take a call from Catherine Flynn. She's one of our plants out there. She's a literary agent at uh, Nearman Williams Agency. And she's got a couple of picks for us. Catherine, what have you got? Hi, Emily. Hi, Catherine. Hi, well, I'm just back from a, a week in New York attending Book Expo America, as I imagine probably both of your guests sitting in front of you were doing as I well. Was there. And yeah. um, <laughs> Book Expo. <laughs> it, was, it was a big week. I wasn't and, invited um, to that. Uh, uh, well, you know, you just pay a ticket next yeah. time if you want to come. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so you know, it's a really exciting week in the book world because we get to learn all about all of the new books upcoming for the next couple of months. And um, and I'm proud to say that I was in the same room as Neil Young, Barbara Kingsolver, two wow. Harlem Globetrotters. Stephen Colbert and Olivia the Pig, all, all in my <laughs> That's <office>. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, so so the, the, the best thing is that you get to hear about all of the new books and, and to share some of your own, and, and that's what I'd like to do here. Yeah, give uh, us a couple. The, the first one is called The Kissing List by Stephanie Reese. Oh, yeah. Kissing List, just, yep. Yep, Kissing List, which was just published three weeks ago by a press that is admirably expanding its literary fiction list in the coming years rather than shrinking it. So it's some nice news there. And The Kissing List is a series of interlocking stories about four contemporary young women. And it spans the making and breaking of their friendships, their careers, their love affairs, from Oxford, England, where the author actually had lived, uh, to New York City. And um, I'm a great fan of the writer Laurie Moore, and Reince is the first author to remind me of her in a long time. Hmm. I I think it's that sly wit that the two share. So this Um, is fiction, but... Right, it's Oops. fiction, but it's not technically a novel. It's really an interlocking set of short stories. Interlocking, the kissing list. Well, there's some, mm. something a little, a little okay there. <laughs> All right, what else right. do you have? <laughs> sure, sure. On on the nonfiction side, there's been a much talked about book recently called "The Power of Habit: Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business" by Charles Duhigg. And you know, in a way, I was thinking nonfiction isn't the the, the natural choice for a lot of beach readers, but um, but this one seemed to me 
perfect for people who don't necessarily want to pick up a diet book but aren't satisfied with the way they look in a bathing suit necessarily. Um, and it, it's not dense writing in the least, and yet it's packed with all kinds of incredible information about how individuals, how organizations, how societies all form habits that they don't necessarily even recognize as habits and how they can reform those patterns. Hmm. Um, I learned from this book that 40% of what we think are daily decisions what you eat for lunch, what you do when you get to the office, how you communicate with your partner when you walk through the door on your way home. Um, all of those are not really decisions we make every day, but really just habits that M- we've muscle formed memory. that long ago. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Right, right. Catherine Thim, so, Flynn, thanks so, so those much are, for those that. are a couple of the hot ones on my mind at the moment. Appreciate that so much. All right, we've got a lot of books to get to yet. The phone lines are jammed. We've got two experts here in the studio. We're going to take a short break. When we return, more summer book reading suggestions. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show at WGBH.org, Boston Public Radio. This program is made possible thanks to you and Harvard Vanguard Medical Associates, offering complete health care for you and your family. With 21 locations across greater Boston, Harvard Vanguard welcomes new patients and accepts most insurance. CareMadeEasy.org, an affiliate of Atrius Health. And it's your move. It wasn't a matter of whether, but rather when and how. Lynn Falwell and Janice Armour, co-owners. We clearly thought that WGBH would be the place to be. WGBH's listeners are discerning. They're well-established in their homes in many cases. And we thought it might be a good match for us. And in fact, it has been that. It's just all blossomed for us. To learn more, visit WGBH.org slash sponsorship. On the next Callie Crossley Show, what do Homer's Odyssey, slavery, and monasteries have in common? Cheese. That's right, cheese. A new book traces cheese from ancient civilization to the 21st century. It not only tracks how cheese changed the arc of human history, we also learn about this versatile dairy wonder. Turns out artisanal Swiss and that shiny craft single are linked by the 9,000-year-old history of cheesemaking. Today at 1 on WGBH. Support WGBH right now and you'll automatically be entered to win a trip to England. Make an online gift and you and a guest could be going to visit High Clear Castle, referred to on Masterpiece simply as Downton Abbey. Prize includes round-trip airfare from Lufthansa, four-night stay at the Vineyard at Stockcross, and a private tour of High Clear Castle led by the Lady of the House, Fiona, Countess of Carnarvon. For a chance to win, visit WGBH.org. Software, green development, innovation is what we in Massachusetts are about. Pharmaceutical. The WGBH Economy Report, Friday during Morning Edition, a partnership between Xconomy.com and 89.7 WGBH. You're listening to the Emily Rooney Show. We're talking summer reading all this hour. We're taking your calls. We're taking your recommendations. I'm joined in the studio by Ellen Hildebrand, author of Barefoot, Nantucket Nights and More, and Jocelyn Kelly, owner of Kelly and Hall, a book publicity firm. They've been giving us their recommendations. We've got a few people calling us in, some famous authors and others. And we're taking your calls at 877-301-8970. And all of these books will be printed, posted on our website at wgbh.org slash Emily. Let's go now to Lewis from Swansea. Hi, thanks for taking the call. My recommendation is uh, with our local book club, 
It's titled Shadow Divers, and it's about, it's true, it's about a submarine that was discovered off the New Jersey coast in 1991, and the attempt to identify it, even though the United States government and the German government had absolutely no knowledge of the submarine being in that water uh, at all. Three divers were lost in an attempt to obtain artifacts from the machine from the submarine, which is in 230 feet of water. The two divers who did establish the identity uh, both went through divorces oh. as a result of their obsession in uh, trying to find it out. So to me, it was gripping as you read about the throat excitement of being in the submarine with the debris, the wires, the beams blocking their way their obsession to try and get the identity. Who's the it's author, uh, Louis? Excuse me? Who's the author? I forget the author. All right, we'll I find thought. out. We'll get it posted but on it, our website. All it's right. a great read. Highly recommend it. All right, it's Shadow I, Divers. Thank you. We'll, we'll, yep. we'll get that. We'll find the author. All right, and we've got em, Emma from from uh, Plymouth on the line. Hi, Emily. Hi. Hi. My book recommendation would be The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Um, Getting nods here in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. When I received the book, it had a post-it note on it that said, this is a stunningly brilliant memoir of a very weird childhood. (laughs) And uh, the post-it was from my mom, and I happen to agree with her. Um, And it's it's a beautifully written book that looks at the dynamics of a family that's constantly on the move and three children who are trying to figure out how to live with their parents who are by turns – you know, brilliant, gifted people and completely inept when it comes to child rearing. Hmm. Sounds um, good. And it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of work. All right. And you got one more? I do. Uh, it's actually Barbara Kingsolver's The Poisonwood Bible. Uh, it's about a family in the 1950s. Um, their father is a Baptist minister, and they go off to the Congo to become missionaries. Um, and the text is really interesting because Kingsolver writes the entire work from the point of view of the four daughters. So each daughter keeps getting a chapter of her own. Um, and even though the, the chapters do have, you know, the name of each girl on them, without those names there, you would know immediately. The vernacular changes, the cadence changes. It's just a beautiful piece of work. You know, it's lyrical. Uh, it has short, punchy chapters that you just want to keep reading on the beach. Uh, it's got a lot of history in it. It's a very rich read, and I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, Emma, thanks for both of those. Appreciate it. The Thank Glass you Castle. very much. And the Poisonwood Bible. We will get those posted on our website along. All right, uh, Ellen, as promised, you still have your guilty pleasure to go. Right. So guilty for me is something that I read when I'm not working. Now, I always say reading for me is working. Um, However, reading that's not working is when I'm reading cookbooks because I'm a (laughs) fanatical at-home gourmet. Uh, Are you? (laughs) And uh, my my favorite cookbook that I've seen in a long time is Lulu Powers' Food to Flowers. And she is a gorgeous young thing. She lives on Nantucket in the summer, and she lives in California. She has catered for Sigourney Weaver and others. And um, this book is just so much fun that when I'm eating my cereal in the morning, I like to page through it and just, yep, recipes and entertaining and flowers. I never thought of reading a cookbook. I know. It's it's just guilty. It's not – I'm not going to call it mindless, but it's – it's a little bit mindless. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. All right. We've got a couple of people calling in, as I said. We're taking your phone calls, 877-301-8970, 877-301-8970. Calling in now is one of my favorite local authors, Keith C. Sherman. He's a journalist, best-selling author of five books, including The Finest Hours and Bad Blood. What have you got for us, Casey? Hi, Emily. How you doing? Good. I- I've got two uh, uh, great books. Um, uh, one nonfiction, one is a guilty pleasure. 
the nonfiction choice for me is James Bradley's The Imperial Cruise. Bradley, who is the best-selling author of Flags of Our Fathers oh, yeah. and Flyboys. Uh, Imperial Cruise is in um, paperback now, and it chronicles the 1905 voyage um, of Secretary of War William Taft and the daughter of Teddy Roosevelt, who was the president at the time, into the Pacific. And with, a, with the, um, uh, the means and the mission of really setting up over the past, you know, over the next 40 years, what would be facing in the Pacific, a la World War II, etc. There is a, uh, it's an interesting take on on the, the preparation for war, if you will. There were some side deals and secret deals that President Roosevelt made with Japan, for example, that I found very fascinating. So it's a, it's a, it's an interesting take on how the United States kind of set up. Um, yeah, the, the battles to come over the next 60 years, uh, you know, first on, on good intentions, but it, it didn't turn out that way. Wow. Um, so it's a fascinating book, and for anybody anybody that's a history buff, I would highly suggest it. Okay, the Imperial Cruise, we'll get that one posted as well. And, and what's your guilty pleasure, Casey? Okay, the guilty pleasure is The Fallen Angel. It's coming out in mid-July, and it's, uh, the author is Daniel, Daniel Silva. It's the latest in the uh, uh, Gabriel Elan series, uh, and it's about an art uh, restorer slash Mossad assassin. It is <laughs> the kind of genre that Tom uh, Clancy created 30 years ago, but um, Daniel Silver has taken it to another level. And it's just, you know, guns, uh, exotic locales, and it's a, it's a great beach read. That sounds like a good one. All right, Casey Sherman, thanks so much for calling in. We appreciate that. Uh, Thanks, Emily. Okay. Let's see. We are taking your phone calls. We have time for a few more. 877-301-8970. We have Nancy from Leicester, Massachusetts. What do you have, Nancy? Yes, I wanted to recommend a novel by Michael Ondaatje. Um, It's called The Cat's Table. And uh, The Cat's Table is the table on a ship that is the farthest from the captain's table. And um, this novel is about a young boy's voyage from Sri Lanka to London, and um, he actually dines at the cat's table along with a sort of motley crew of really interesting characters. And um, the book is just, it's fabulous. It's about his adventures as a boy on this ship. And um, the character sketches are really, really rich. And I highly recommend the book. All right. Nancy, thanks for that one. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for doing this show. It's fabulous. Yeah, we, we love it. All right, so we're taking questions today and suggestions, all things summer reading. Do you have anything that I haven't touched on yet, uh, Jocelyn? I have one, Let's Pretend This Never Happened by Jenny Lawson. It's a hysterical memoir by this woman who, Jenny Lawson is the woman behind the blog S, which is... Right, I just read enorm- about this, too. Yeah, it's an enormously popular blog. She gets two to three million unique hits a month which is insane. And she's just funny. She says what everyone's thinking, but she says it in the funniest, most profound and hysterical (laughs) way. So it's just – and it has a little taxidermied mouse on the cover. So, I mean, how can you go wrong with that, right? Yeah, Yeah, I was just reading about that one too. You have a couple others, uh, Ellen. I have one more, which is Blood, Bones, and Butter by Gabrielle Hamilton, which I'm in the middle of right now. She's the chef at – Prune in New York City, and it is a chef's memoir. And I, you know, I'm a sucker. For yeah, I was any... gonna say, there's a theme here with you. I'm a sucker for any kind of chef's memoir. I'm this, hungry all this of a well, This one starts about about how she learns to slaughter animals as a okay. young child, and and moves on to her her progression as a chef. But uh, you know, it's human, and it's and it's interesting, and it's it's one of the best I think of the of the genre out there. Actually, Anthony Bourdain said it's one of the best memoirs ever 
ever written. How about that? Yeah. It's in paperback. I'm highly enjoying it. All right. We're going to have all these books posted on our website, wgbh.org slash Emily, including the ones that are coming as recommendations from our listeners. And we go now to someone else who has a recommendation, Eileen from Arlington. Hi. Hi, Eileen. Hi, I love your show. Thanks so much for letting me talk. Yep. I want to recommend a book called The Temporary Detective by Joanne Sidney Lesner. It introduces the character of Isabel Spice, who's a wannabe actress. She is an actress trying to make it big in New York and discovers a murder and with her friends helps to solve it while she's looking for acting work and doing temp work on the side. The Temporary Detective. Yeah, I like those kinds of things. Why not? It's a real page turn. It'll keep you up way too late at night. And (laughs) Joanne is a wonderful, great new novelist. Her second book. All right. Eileen, thanks for that recommendation. Thank you, too. Why do we get the impression that she lives next door to the author? (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. All right. We've got Donna from Marion. Go ahead, Donna. Hi. Mine is a nonfiction book by Melvin Urofsky. And he wrote one on Louis Brandeis, the first Jewish justice on the Supreme Court. Yeah. And he has an amazing story um, about the prejudice and people getting up and leaving the room as Louis Brandeis tried to speak. That does sound interesting. And uh, was it, it how, how did he go about it? Was it, is it all did, you know, gleaned from documents from the Supreme Court? How did he do it? Um. Yes, actually, he's um, an author who has published other books, um, and really the third half of it is when he's on the court. The beginning part talks about his wife and his life and being a lawyer in Boston, and uh, but the end is really, you know, the exciting part while he's on the Supreme Court. All right, sounds good. Louis Brandeis by Melvin Uronsky. Thanks, Donna. And let's see, we've got Mark from Arlington. What have you got to recommend, Mark? Oh, hello, Emily. Um, I recommend uh, In Blue Light of African Dreams by Paul Watkin. Go ahead. Elaborate. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, it starts off um, with a guy that uh, is flying for the French Escadrille. He's from Kentucky. And uh, he ends up in trouble and is banished to the French Foreign Legion in the desert where he's serving under this corrupt guy. He eventually gets out of that, and the, the book ends up with um, them. Uh, you know, there was some people think there, that the people actually flew across the Atlantic, starting in uh, in Europe and flying the other direction before Lindbergh um, went the other way. And so the book sort of ends up uh, um, sort of shadowing that mm-hmm. um, that that. that that event that some people think happened. So it's a, it's a really fun book what about airplanes. And that's All right. It. Mark, thanks so much for that recommendation. Okay. And thanks for everyone who called in. And as I said earlier, we'll have everything posted on our, on our website at wgbh.org slash Emily. Joined here in the studio by Ellen Hildebrand and Jocelyn Kelly. I couldn't help but notice that a lot of the recommendations from the men were about war and submarines and guns. And, and a lot of the ones with the women were more mystery and... Romance. And we did cross gender though with the baseball book. We did. That's true. Yeah, that's I true. liked that. That's true. We did. That was a woman <laughs> recommending the baseball book. Yeah. So, either one of you have anything a little on the heavier side? I mean, we're thinking maybe. Well, I see, have. Yeah, there. I Red I, Line by James Jones. Nah, too heavy. <laughs> you know, I have a young adult that's a little bit heavy. It's called The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. It's heavy because it's about two teenagers with cancer oh. and. 
but it's a beautifully uplifting story. And it's surprising because you read the back and you think, "This, I'm not going to read this book. I'm not going to, you know, subject myself to such a sad story. But it's absolutely gorgeous and inspiring because they, you know, they're survivors every day of their life. Wow. Right. I have a 12-year-old. I would like to have him read that. It's yeah. beautiful, beautifully written. All right. We, we got so many books in today. Thanks to both of you so much for Ellen Hildebrand and Jocelyn Kelly and everybody who called in. And as I said, that list will be on our website or else, I mean, uh, <laughs> WTVH.org slash Emily. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Stay with Thanks. us for tomorrow for our spin on the news of the week. And as you heard earlier, Callie Crossley is going to be talking about cheese, a history of that favorite food of the ancient and modern people like. And tonight on my television show, Greater Boston, the rescuer of the Cape Cod Bear is here. And speaking of the Cape, a new documentary called Cape Spin looks at Cape Wind. We'll be talking about that. That's tonight at 7 on Channel 2. The Emily Rooney Show is a production of WGBH Radio on the web at WGBH.org, Boston Public Radio. I'm Emily Rooney. Have a great afternoon. <laughs>